welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, a part of the incomparable network of podcasts. I'm Trishy Matson, And I'm David Schaub. This is the Fans of Lena support group, right? <laughs> this is, yes. <laughs> so, right, today we are talking about the Season 4, Episode 22 finale. Uh, season finale. I'm not, not series finale yet. Uh, the Quest for Peace. And so why don't you just dive into the recap, David? Here is the deleted recap for last episode. Lex is charging his Lexosuit with condensed aliens. Gross. And we see Lex defeating the Kaznians, taking down Supergirl, er, Red, and being pardoned and hired by a wuss of a president. Luckily, Red is alive and feeling all betrayed. And in this episode, John and Dreamer are in the alien processing plant. They pull off the jail riot distraction gambit way better than their Wookiee gambit. <laughs> After they shut down Shelly Island's power dampening, Dreamer tells the others where they are. Kara releases a news article that solves all of the bigoted woes of America. Lex hosts family tea in the Oval Office, where he quotes Hitler, discusses Lena, and Lillian tries to poison him. A normal Luther family get-together. As Lex tries to destroy Argo, Dreamer, John, and a properly aligned Brainy overload his alien-powered battery, while Brainy confesses his love to Nia. Ben is popping lots of Harnell cured of supertonic. Alex helps James take Ben down, and the Harnell is extracted from both of them. Lex and Supergirl have a big fight that makes zero sense. Red sacrifices herself and puffs into a Harnell cloud. Supergirl is pumped up and takes Lex down. Lex thinks he's escaped, only to be de by Lena, who then does the right thing by shooting him dead. But no, not until Lex manipulates Lena one more time and tells her that she's all alone and Kara is Supergirl. George is awesome and Kara is dumb for not telling Lena. Oh, and by the way, the monitor is back and season five is already packed. Yep. Unfortunately, we're both bitterly disappointed by Kara's failure to tell Lena uh, in a timely fashion, or even a belated fashion, uh, now it's just going to be too late whenever she does finally tell Lena that she, Supergirl, is Kara, or she, Kara, is Supergirl. They need Lena to have yet a darker arc next season where she feels all betrayed. All of the stupidity has to happen to make that happen. Ah. So I had been waiting for Lex to tell Lena at some strategically important time, but I guess he never really thought enough of Lena to set her up for uh, a betrayal that would pitch her into a fight or anything. He just was holding it in reserve to twist the knife, um, which seems wasteful, but I guess that's Lex for you. And really, though, this is basically our worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. The only reason Lex knew at all was so that he could tell Lena. Lex really doesn't do anything useful with the information. The fact that Red is stalking Kara doesn't really matter to the story. It's all kind of window dressing. All that mattered was Lex has to know who Supergirl is because that's going to be the most horrible way of Lena to find out. Because we certainly know it's not Lena using her brain to figure it out. Yes, Lex says that it's because of denial. Um, and I I guess I'd rather believe it was a psychological denial blindness on Lena's part than her just being a dummy about people. 
this has always been my question is, is Lena a dummy? And the show so far seems to be saying Lena's a dummy and everyone who is telling Kara what to do and Kara is also a dummy. Oh, they sure are. Wow. <laughs> Doesn't anyone see how badly this is going to end? <laughs> I think they want to make it clear that it's not Kara's fault that she doesn't tell Lena. Like, they want it to be very obvious that, no, Kara was considering telling Lena. It's just she got talked out of it. It's like, it's everyone's fault. I'm sorry, Kara does not get a pass on this. She chooses not to tell Lena. Um... She had she had said she was going to tell her after all this is over, and now oh no, she has to have a nice game night. Um, <laughs> I'm that's just crazy, crazy, yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. Especially because Lex knew, and you just you can't assume that Lex didn't spill the beans, and Kara is assuming that. Ah, and Lena shows up at the game party with her two bottles of wine. Um, and. Nobody seems to question that she's just bouncing back from this huge family uh, trauma and letting her have a happy night. They should all see she's just putting on a happy face. Well, to be fair, they don't know she shot Lex, so there's that. But even without that, it's still... I mean, her brother tried to sort of tried to kill her or at least incapacitate her and you know took over the country and yeah there's there's plenty of trauma material there and for them okay i can understand if someone's upset and comes to your party you let them have a happy moment uh you, you know there's a question of when to push people and and when to just let them do whatever they need to heal. But in this case, they should not be assuming that all is fine and well, and it would be upsetting the apple cart to load one more secret onto her. It really is just ridiculous. And I would have liked the scene that I would have wanted there, which is Lena comes by and they have a talk with Lena as a group to show their support mm -hmm. for her, and they tell her. Yeah. There's no good reason for that scene not being in this episode, except they just need to stretch it out longer. Oh, yeah. This is the Lena support group. We're here for right. you. <laughs> so, um, obviously, Lena is putting on an act now with bitterness in her heart enough to break a picture that she had. So, is she just sulking in silence or is she actually planning some kind of horrible revelation game of her own against everybody it's a good question and i just don't know it's on the list of things they have to deal with in season five mm -hmm. you would think Kara is not going to keep putting it off very long in season five i mean this is ridiculous so hopefully it will come out I can only guess that at this point, Kara's going to try to tell Lena sometime next season, and Lena will basically stiff-arm her and discourage, you know, find some way of discouraging any confidences from being told. Or she's just going to take it really badly. It's too late for her to come out and be accepted in a moderately pleasant manner. It's going to go badly mm -hmm. either way. Either Lena's going to roadblock it, 
or Lena's just going to lay out her current grievances. Or I suppose she could pretend that she's known all along and rub Kara's face in it. Maybe. The kicker is Lena is now going to be more alone and more separated and isolated because she's being manipulated by Lex again. Yes. Now, I did have a moment early in the show when Lena and Brainy were standing together, and I was thinking, you know, they've always gotten along well. Maybe Lena and Brainy. This was when I was thinking that uh, uh, emotionless Brainy and Nia would never get back together again because of how he had betrayed her, but uh, I was not... I was not exactly... Okay, I was happy with how he got emotionalized again when he saw Nia sacrificing herself to help Jean uh, break down the alien draining machinery. Um, So I was happy with that and how, you know, he... His little boxes opened up again and he became emotional again. But I thought that Nia forgave him far too quickly and effortlessly. It was a question as to what they were going to do with Brainy, whether the last episode was just raising the stake for the finale or whether that was something for the next season. And they're implying now that, no, that was just raising the stakes for this episode and it's all done. But on the other hand, they've now given us this idea of a Brainiac 5 emotionless kind of amoral creature I think it's very likely we'll see that again. So I don't mm-hmm. think that's done. I think this is just sort of a little idea being put in our heads as, oh, this could happen. So that we'll get to see this version of Brainy again, I would think. Otherwise, it just seems very strange, especially because it gets resolved so quickly, as you said. Mm-hmm. I also really, really didn't expect them to bring Brainy back. But the scene where they bring Brainy back, I really did love. I think he acted it really, really well. And it did give us what is possibly the best line in the entire show. Dreamer, stop. Stop what you're doing. What you're doing doesn't make any sense. That's just beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And then says, I love you. It was a really, really nicely done scene. I think it could have been done in fifth season. And I think maybe we could see the scene later on where Brainy actually has to explain what happened to try and get Nia to accept an apology. I'm not sure that happened, though. We don't know. Off screen. I I guess. It just seemed to me that, you know, at the end of his impassioned speech, her face melted and she looked at him with love once more. And that just seemed too easy to me. Although it was a great uh, acting job. I think it might have worked better also if all of the characters had been very clear in their understanding about Brainy's state changing. Had they had a conversation, yes, I've been rebooted and I'm now the emotionless version of me. And if they had sort of known that earlier, then him coming back might have worked. But they didn't really know he was gone. He just started acting like a jerk. Right. And it seemed a little rushed, that's all. So going back to the start of the episode, or should I say (laughs) middle of the last episode, what did you think of the flashbacks? Um, I thought they were unnecessary. Uh, I didn't have a big problem with them, but I mean, it was all stuff that I had figured out just from watching last episode, and now they show us what happened on Lex's side, but I didn't really need that. I was thinking about this right before the podcast, and I think I figured out what it was. They wanted the episode to end where it ended, with Supergirl almost dying 
and Lex being victorious. And they simply edited out all of the stuff that they couldn't fit in or didn't specifically need in the episode to get to that point, and then just put it at the beginning of the next episode. So it's just a case of waste not, want not? I think it's just, well, they made all of the stuff, but the edit didn't <laughs> fit the end of the episode nicely or something. <laughs> they literally are deleted scenes that they're showing you. We didn't really need them, but they're awfully cool. So we're going to give them to you now. Yes, I guess. It was really strange. I don't know why they did it if it wasn't just a matter of timing that they wanted the last episode to end at exactly this point, and therefore they had a bunch of minutes of episode that they needed to move. Well, I would have rather had the scene explaining the rebooting thing to Nia and Jean so that Nia's instant forgiveness would not grate on me so. Oh, well. (laughs) But I'm not a show writer. (laughs) The flashback does give us some pieces of new information. It does make it clear that, yes, the Lexo suit is definitively being powered by processed aliens, which is pretty gross, but hey, this is Lex. It is, yes. And we really then get to see just how much of a weak, useless person the president is. I was wrong. The president isn't a populist ass. He is just an incompetent nobody and a puppet for Lex. And oh well. Yep. Yep. A direct puppet for Lex. And, you know, basically Lex gives him the speech, I brought you up from nothing and I can make you nothing again, so play along. So, yeah, he's not even... (sighs) President Baker Boxleitner does not even believe in himself. He he is just a uh, tool on... Lex's chessboard. Absolutely. What did you think about Lex singing along in his power suit <laughs> to I did it my way as he, you know, destroyer of uh, armies and stuff? <laughs> you know, I kind of did like the scene. <laughs> they should have just put it in the previous episode. I enjoyed it. It shows just how crazed Lex is and how absolutely no value in any human life. Yeah. Yep. So Red Daughter finally sees the light and angrily accuses him of uh, betraying her and betraying Kaznia. And uh, he basically shrugs and shoots her, which seemed very wasteful to me as I thought that he was, uh, you know, there's there's a great big battery that you forgot to drain before you killed. (laughs) But it turns out she wasn't dead after all. Yeah, she looks so dead in that shot where he's holding her body. Maybe that's just the effect of the post-production. But she looks remarkably healthy in that pod versus how she looks when Lex is holding her body. Right. She looked really dead. (laughs) Right. Now, maybe uh, you can explain something I was a little puzzled about. Are they flat out draining people to death and killing or aliens to death and killing them? Uh, they, Lex does call them disposable batteries. Or are they draining them down and letting them build back up? You know, are they, are they rechargeable batteries? We do not know. We know that it hurts, which Mm -hmm. is not surprising, but they never really showed anyone coming out of the pod. The intent of this is horrific. Yes. The allegories are horrific. Mm-hmm. The show does not pull punches. Lex is a Nazi. Yes. Absolutely. He quotes Hitler. Mm-hmm. 
there's nothing good here. And there's no reason to assume that these aliens are not just being put in there and killed. They're, I suppose, a renewable resource because more aliens keep showing up on Earth. <laughs> but the show pulls no punches, and it is that bad. And we definitely should feel no sympathy when he's shot. Right. Well, of course not. I mean, I, I don't think... I don't think anyone in their right mind could watch this show and be rooting for for Lex. No, not rooting for. But Kara tries to save him. Kara sort of gives him the opportunity to live. And there's a a fairly healthy argument that Lena's solution is the right solution. (laughs) You can take Lena's action two ways. Lena shoots Lex, and this is Lena becoming a darker person, and that she's willing to go above the law and kill baddies, which Supergirl would not do. Or you can say, Lena is absolutely in the right. Please hurry up and do that. And I don't actually know which way the show wants us to think about that. So are you also down with Lillian trying to just poison Lex in his tea? I certainly find some sympathy in in that. I mean, it was she was fighting with a weapon that she happened to have on hand. However, she happened to have the... Uh, polonium isotope or whatever it was. (laughs) Pretty much everything about that tea was strange. And honestly, I think Lillian is trying to kill Lex to save her own skin. So do you think Lex was at all sincere in saying he didn't do this for himself, he did it for us, and, you know, uh, now we're a family and I want you to share in my victories? Or does he just like having people to gloat to? I think he thinks that that's true. Now, he's wrong, and he's <laughs> delusional, but I would actually take his words as much as you could ever take anything Lex says on face value. I would interpret his statements like, I could have had you both killed, but I just can't bring myself to kill you guys. <laughs> nice, Lex. Great person there. So I think he believes it, but I don't know if that matters. I was happy that we did get to see Red And that was the one thing I was horribly afraid of not getting, is Red would be killed and we wouldn't at least get to see some type of a reaction from her. So I was really happy to see that Red was alive and we get to see more of her in this episode. Right. And I was happy that she did get the revelation that Lex is evil. Um, Of course, it was sad for her to realize she had been betrayed, but she at least finally, you know, had the truth revealed to her and then she chose and did the right thing and helped Supergirl fight him. So I'm I'm glad that she wasn't just killed at the beginning of the episode. In terms of other crazy things that Lex does, we also see him getting put in charge of alien affairs and getting <laughs> Ben's job. Yes, I liked that Ben was, you know, just watching and saw, oh, I guess I've been demoted then. <laughs> <laughs> ben is well on the out and I'm a little less sure about whether we're supposed to feel sympathetic to Ben. In some regards, Ben has gotten more character than a lot of the baddies of this show has. I think the only baddie Mm -hmm. in this show who actually has a more interesting character is Lillian. We do get a lot of Ben, and this is basically Ben realizing that his life is a lie. And it's like, well, you made your choices, Ben. Yeah, um, I mean, there he is in prison watching his son speaking about stuff that undermines everything that Ben has been working for uh, and killing for in in the last year. Um, I mean, 
I personally think it's good that uh, George Lockwood um, is working to redeem his family's legacy. Um, I was a little afraid, because we only see George in the last minute, (laughs) uh, that we weren't going to get to see any more of George after the whole funeral episode, and that all we would have had from George was him undermining his father by telling him that he hates him. But I really like that we get a minute from him at the end of the episode, uh, speaking and, you know, telling people to, to try to listen to each other. Yeah, I really like George's speech. It was great seeing him again. And it's great that they're basically showing that is anyone in this path redeemable, even if Ben isn't and Lex obviously isn't? And the answer is yes. There's some redeemable path there that they can find a way. And it's great to see George in that position. Yep. So, uh, is James Olsen's eye loss permanent? This is a comic book show. Nothing is permanent. (laughs) I guess he could get a bionic eye or something. Ah. There's a lot of things with James that he's gone through in the season. I honestly (laughs) don't know if I know where James actually is right now. He has quite the number of arcs that he's gone through. Yes. And I'm a little bothered by the Harrenel plot device for this season, whether it's just going to be wrapped up and not touched on next season or something like that. That'd be my fear. Well, we, yeah, I mean, what happened to the whole super soldiers thing? Is is it just Ben Lockwood the only one? Or will we see super soldiers popping up somewhere sometime next season? I'm sure we'll see more of them, but I don't know how much or how many. And it's just, the show has a problem, which is it took James and it took him through all of these story arcs. And now we still have James minus an eye injury. And maybe he now appreciates his job more. It's hard to tell. And they give him too much of a reset. It's always annoying when they have characters which they kind of break the world a little bit by giving them powers. And then you basically have to roll that back so that Mm -hmm. the, the show hasn't changed too much. So we see Ben losing the powers. Lex lost the powers. James loses the power. Everyone loses the powers. My impression was all those soldiers that came into the fight with Ben also had powers. It was unclear Mm -hmm. to me. So maybe they have to hunt down lots of people and extract more Harrenel. It's a question as to whether or not the government or Alina or anyone will still be doing work on this or whether this is sort of going to be something to clean up, but nothing that will actually happen again. And therefore, a world full of powered people no longer happens. And then the story world that they have, the world building doesn't have to change too much. Well, that would certainly be the most convenient thing, but I find it a little hard to believe that that genie would be completely back in the bottle and never heard from again. My guess would be the military is going to not do it, except maybe in a black ops program that no one knows about. I don't (laughs) expect Lena's going to help people do it anymore. So I think it will fade, and that might be the wrong choice for the show, but I am sure we will see someone having a bit of Harnell here and there, and then someone having powers. That's going to happen, almost certainly, just because it's an easy one-off episode to have. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what I would hate to see would be for Lena to decide that her revenge plot against Supergirl and the rest will involve giving herself powers through Haranel. 
I want her to do something smart and nasty, not just turn herself into another punch-punch fighter. It would be interesting, at least, if she actually goes into heavy production. That would be the more interesting path. Hmm. We actually are going to deal with the fact that there's going to be a lot more superpowered people around. Because Lena, in her current state of betrayal from Kara, is going to feel the need to even the playing field even more. And that actually would be, I think, the better path if you need to have a darker Lena path to go down. Okay. So, the fourth estate saves the day. All the people angry at aliens get notifications on their phones about an article by Kara, a known alien sympathizer, uh, about this big government conspiracy. And they all believe her story and... Everybody quits demonstrating and goes home and is happy again. And I wish people, I wish I could believe that even, you know, reading facts would change some people's minds. But, uh, you know, there are studies done that facts don't help when emotions are already in play. Perhaps this is written by someone who really wants Apple News to succeed. (laughs) There's a need for an amazing news distribution where this magically happens and everyone reads the right article. We had this question as to how are they going to win, sort of win back the hearts and minds of America. And unfortunately, pretty much it was one off-camera car writing an article and everyone getting an article on their phone. Yeah. And that's how they won. One article isn't going to do it. That's just not how it works. George's speech may have done a better job maybe than Carr's. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll throw that in too. That was there too. So it's, yeah. it's Carr's article okay. and George gives a speech. And they did a good interview with Dreamer earlier. But we knew this was going to be hard in terms of how are they going to solve the problem of the entire nation turning against aliens. And they kind of brushed it off. Yeah. But I think it isn't the article that does it for me. I think it is these interviews, which I think they should have had more of maybe. Because mm-hmm. it is the Dreamer's interview and George's interview. Those, I think, have weight. Right. They're more believable in the YouTube world we live in than a news article. Yes. <laughs> I guess we also have to keep in mind this is an alternate Earth. Maybe people are wired just slightly differently over there. Yeah. Yeah, no. (laughs) Sorry. No, all right. (laughs) This is a comic book populace. (laughs) They read everything. All right. Um, So, I I guess, is that it for the things that end for this season? Do you want to start talking about the injections of plot for next season? Or is, is there anything else from... From this episode, I mean, aside from the last minute that you want to talk about. There was some wonderfully painful lines. I I did quite like Lillian's line, which shows how broken she is, too, where she says, Try not to quote Hitler in public, dear. It is bad for the brand. (laughs) To which Lena is just disgusted. Lillian isn't disgusted. She just doesn't think you should do that in public. Very bad tactics. The episode did an interesting thing where it kind of suggests that Lex's obsession with killing Superman was a problem. I don't really think that actually led to his downfall, though. I don't think it would have really mattered whether he was powering the satellite or not. That implication where Lex tells Eve off for 
suggesting that they should use the power for something other than just killing Superman. I don't know. They really sort of pulled off that connection where generally Lex's obsession seems to be his downfall. I was confused uh, in the moment at why Eve would care that he was wasting some of this power. I mean, they could just always drain more aliens, I guess. Um, uh, you know, why would she put be putting herself in opposition to him like that? Uh, but then the thing at the end, I think, explained that motivation a little more. Yeah, it definitely makes more sense at the end of the episode. With the dreamer doing astral projection scene, I think there was a beautiful thing in there. After the ridiculousness of Brainy actually knowing when Dreamer was going to contact them, which is impossible. Mm -hmm. Yes. But they do give us the beautiful point where Brainy tells them that, oh, by the way, Dreamer can't actually tell us anything, to which both Alex and Dreamer say at the same time, so how is that this a good plan? Right. <laughs> and Dreamer then says thank you to Alex. And that was yep. a wonderful moment. Yes. But really, I... That was seemed like just another unnecessary diversion to me. I mean, she she managed to get the message across anyway, so why bother to have that little dog leg and then come back and fix it again so quickly, easily? There was no need for that at all. They could simply have had Brainy give her appropriate instructions, or she would know how to do it. Right. Or he could train his electronic brain to her. I mean, if she can... If she can ionize his water vapor and then write on the window, then he can, I'm sure he could have tuned his electronic brain to her emissions somehow. You are absolutely correct. And me liking the line, just let me give it a pass. But you're absolutely <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> the episode does have, I think, a bit of a problem in the last battle. It seems a little ridiculous that Supergirl doesn't just fly up and destroy the Claymore satellite like she did last time. Mm -hmm. I don't quite understand why that isn't a valid solution here. Yeah, I suppose they really wanted us to give that great scene with John and Dreamer trying so hard to overload the battery, but... I think Supergirl wasn't aware that the Claymore was about to go off. I think she was busy in the battle outside with uh, Lockwood and then Lex. Maybe she didn't have the information. Hmm. I thought they learned that when Brainy learned that. But yeah, maybe you're right. I'd have to rewatch it just to see what the order of operations was. It seemed a little strange to me the setup for the fight. I mean, I knew. I think she knew that they were planning to that Lex was planning to use the claymore, just yeah. not that it was imminent in the next couple minutes. Oh, that's fair. Perhaps yes, she may not have realized it was about to go off. It's a little unclear when these characters can randomly send voice messages to each other's ears <laughs> and when they can't. Right. In some episodes they do, in some episodes they don't, and certainly in this episode they don't. Because there's a lot of need for lack of communication, which is never <laughs> a good sign for the construction of the episode. But then Supergirl does end up in a fight with Lex Luthor where, for most of the fight, Lex Luthor doesn't have his armor on, which maybe saves in CG budget or gives you more time actually seeing the actor's face. But it does give Supergirl a fairly constant window of time where she should be blasting him with her heat vision. Mm -hmm. It did seem a little strange having Lex out of his suit so much during that fight. Okay, so moving on, we finally find out that 
Eve Tessmacher is not just a fool for love. She has been part of an operation by a, yet a different conspiracy of people. Eve is at a bus station, and this woman comes and sits beside her and says, We'll always find you. Eve says, I did everything you asked. I worked for him. I hurt people for him. And the woman says, This whole thing was supposed to move the needle, and you failed us. Leviathan is everywhere. I briefly looked up Leviathan, and basically it's yet another funky criminal league of assassins type organization, and we'll see what they're like in this show. <laughs> right. Basically, this is just the first scene of a series of scenes that set up all of the stuff happening in the next season, and there's a lot of these scenes. <laughs> yeah, and I I was unimpressed with the monitor crossover this fall and i'm unhappy that it looks like it's going to be a large part of uh the coming season or at least the coming first half season of supergirl well to be fair the main problem with elseworld is it was a bunch of filler and a prologue for the next crossover episode this year so the one thing we knew was going to happen was we were going to get a lot of crisis on infinite earths crossover content this year and guess what we definitely are. So yeah, the Monitor's back. We have Leviathan to deal with. The Monitor, apparently, if I understood this properly, has brought back John Jones's brother, who wants maybe revenge on John Jones for some reason we don't understand. And the Monitor shows up at Lex's body, so the likelihood that Lex is going to stay dead seems really low. Yes, unfortunately. I mean, he's not really a character so much as a wind-up toy. Um, with an agenda of his own, but, you know, there, he's just flat. He's just evil. And, you know, evil in a somewhat interesting way of being manipulative and stuff. But I only wanted one season of him. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want an, a Lex Redux. Well, we don't know how they're going to use Lex. I mean, the real answer is the CW universe is not willing to leave Lex dead, I don't think. Mm -hmm. because who knows how they're going to want to use him in the future. This is a comic book show. Very rarely do people stay dead. So they needed a path for him to come back, and here's our path. We may not see him much in next season. He might just show up for the crossover, or he will be a major part in next season. Hard to say. Or they'll just bring him back at some point in some show. So there's lots of options, but yeah, there there's pretty much no way Lex is staying dead. All right. Does Ben Lockwood stay in prison? I would not assume we're going to see Ben Lockwood again. Mm -hmm. I think he and George and President Baker are gone for the show. Okay. And by the way, Vice President Vestino, or Bastino, I didn't quite catch the name, um, is giving announcements and reinstating the Alien Amnesty Act, which total, a vice president totally should not be able to do. Um, <laughs> Acting president at this point, isn't he? Well, on the news, Haley called him vice president. So, oh, um, well, that's just kind of strange. I mean, he would have to be sworn in at the very least uh, before he could. Although, is it a he? I don't know. Uh, I didn't hear a, a first name. Uh, anyway, Vice President, he or she would at least need to be sworn in by a Supreme Court justice. Um, 
So the cabinet used the 25th to remove them. So I guess we'll find out maybe more about the new leader of the free world um, <laughs> next season. Um, although if, if the presidency and the Congress sink back into not so active in the show, I wouldn't mind that for next season. Yeah, it's a little unclear where Haley also is going to stand. Mm -hmm. Haley had, I think, an interesting character arc. Not a big one, but an interesting one in this show, where they mm -hmm. introduce her and they basically made her a little bit of an enigma, where you're trying to tell, is this person bad? Is this person going to be good? Where is it going to go? And they basically sort of had her as someone who believes in rules and followed the rules, but actually did have a conscience and did have the wherewithal to not follow what really were illegal and impossible commands. That was an interesting character, and I could see that she might return. I haven't really checked which actors are returning to the next season. I haven't either, but so we'll see. I agree. I liked her as someone who disagreed with the protagonists without being evil. Um, I I think it's important to have that kind of nuance, even in a comic book show. Um, so uh, she she's one person I really enjoyed this season, and I would be happy to see her back again next year. It's really amazing that not only did she do good things, but basically the main characters kept lying to her and kept doing horrible things behind her back and kept doing all of this stuff. And she still did good because it was the right thing to do. And in that regards, not only does she do the right thing to do, but she doesn't harbor grudges either. She'll still do the right thing. Right. I wouldn't say the protagonist did horrible things behind her back, but they were certainly deceptive and uh, uh, disloyal to her. Fireable, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> certainly part. fireable offenses. <laughs> That's fair. I had a question about Eve, which is, now that we found out that not only was Eve pretending to work for Lena all this time, she was also pretending to work for Lex all this time. Does that make her betrayal better or worse? I don't think we're going to know that until we know whether she's acting out of goals or out of fear. Is she just controlled by these people? Do they do they have her brother in a cage somewhere or something? Or, uh, you know, did she originally believe with them and set out to help them in whatever their goals are? Um, in that case, I would call that a worse betrayal. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know what her motivations are. There's also the question of does she still have copy powers or not? Hmm. And that's unknown. Well, yeah, I don't know. There's no reason to believe she doesn't. There's also no reason to believe Otis couldn't come back. I don't expect he will. But hey, Metallos never right, really they died. said he was dead, but, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, and there, that reminds me of one loose end. Um, I was expecting Mikhail to come back uh, in some form, um, but uh, Red Daughter never found out that he was actually still alive. Yep, I was a bit surprised by that, too. Maybe they just didn't need it and it would have been too complicated. Maybe they'll come back to that next season? Probably not. But yeah, it is a bit sad that Red died thinking that Michaela had died and it wasn't actually true. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. One character who 
I think I really don't understand their character arc for this season was John. (sighs) (laughs) They start him down one path and doing the private investigator stuff and trying to be a sort of pacifistic hero. And then they basically just changed course due to Manchester Black being so fixated on John being the Manhunter. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't quite tell where they wanted John to go and where we see him now versus at the beginning of the season. I think it's kind of a larger manifestation of the problem the writers have had for the first three seasons, which is that they didn't know what to do with him. And so, uh, you know, they w- his powers would uh, arise and then they'd forget about them and then they'd, you know, come into t- to being for one episode and then they'd dismiss them again and send him away so that he wouldn't solve the problem for Supergirl with his powers. Um, and this season, it seems like... Um, They've been trying more things. I mean, he he's a good actor. I, I, I enjoy watching him, but they've made him so inconsistent that much of what he does doesn't have any meaning anymore. It's very hard to tell. And clearly we're going to see a strong arc with him in the next season with the other Green Martian showing up. And we'll see if it comes together. I mean, the end of first season, or like the second half of first season, when they basically decided to have Hank Hankshaw be John, was, I think, still the strongest bit of the show. And some of that was John's character. And it just seems so sad that John's character seems to sort of be wavering and flipping and flopping in different places and not have that strength. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he's definitely um, <laughs> caused some frustration for us over the years. Or rather their treatment of him. I do want to, though, say that almost everything they did with Nia, I really, really liked this season. In some regards, maybe the writers just really know what to do with Nia because Nia is kind of the new Kara Mm -hmm. and has that more hopefulness. And we maybe were missing that a bit from Kara in the later seasons. And they know how to make that work in this show. But Nia, for the most part, works really well in the show, and I really liked a lot of the Nia-focused episodes. Yeah, I agree. She's been a, a good character. I I have complained about how they turned her interesting dream powers into more of just another combat vehicle, but uh, the character moments that she has had, I have liked a lot. I hope that maybe maybe next season we'll get to see her sister. Maybe they'll reconcile next season. That would be nice to see. Mm-hmm. And it'd be nice to see that they come to some conclusion as to how to represent her powers. But it might just be glowy blue whips for now, but oh well. <laughs> At least her character is fun. Right. And with Brainy, all we can hope is maybe we'll see Brainiac 5 come back. But at least hope we can hope that Brainy isn't used quite so much for comedy relief next season. Yes. Well, I think that about covers it. I don't have... I, I I have some trepidation about some parts of next season. We Some of what we most feared has indeed come to pass uh, as far as Lena's arc goes. Um, but, you know, now, now that she has finally found out, although in the worst possible way, uh, I am very interested to see what she does with this knowledge next season. 
I was briefly going to congratulate you that Lex proves that Kara is Supergirl by showing her footage of Kara using her powers <laughs> in the building as if that was the security cam footage. Right. <laughs> and I was going to almost forgive it for reusing just stock footage from the episode. But then they just throw in all of these other scenes that there's no sane reason Lex would have a video of stored. Right. Like Kara burning Red's room and zooming in on her face while she does it. And it's like, yeah. Oh, my. That was so unnecessary. <laughs> gratuitous, <laughs> gratuitous reuse of footage from the same show, people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Alina knows we no longer have to ask that question, but we are still asking questions as to how much of a dummy people are for not communicating. <laughs> and that is drama on TV sometimes. People don't communicate and people's feelings are hurt. Yep. Well, we'll find out just just how hurt Lena is and what she's going to do about it. Um, and hopefully the, the Leviathan stuff will be at least somewhat uh, interesting next season. And hopefully the Monitor stuff will not be too painful. I'm afraid that's the best I'm hoping for at this <laughs> moment from that pro- plot line. We'll survive the crossover. We'll survive it. <laughs> Some shows aren't going to. <laughs> But we'll survive That's the true. crossover. <laughs> <laughs> we will. So all in all, I, I am, of course, looking forward to next season. As I said before, I think this season is better than season two or three. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they learn from what they have learned from this season. I hope even if John's character is inconsistent, that maybe John directs a couple of more episodes. I really like the episode he directed. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that the next season continues to improve. Right. Okay. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode and this season. Uh, I have really enjoyed our conversations throughout this year, and I hope we're talking again next year. I certainly hope so. Happy to be here. Okay. I'd like to thank our uh, audio editor, of course, for, um, well, our team of audio editors for this year. Uh, they make us sound better than we are. Um, <laughs> and I'd like to thank... You listeners, for bearing with us and bearing with the show. If you would like to continue the conversation with us, please add us at SG Supercast on Twitter or join the members Slack. Uh, we hang out on the TV channel on the Incomparable Members Slack. And uh, let us know what you think. What are you hoping for next season? What did you like or dislike about this season? And we look forward to continuing this next year. Thanks. Bye-bye.